Hello and welcome to UK Life Abroad. My name is Andre and I'm joined by my co-hosts Yusten, Nathan and Alexa. With Tokyo 2020 Olympics now in full swing, this week's episode we look at Team Ukraine's successes thus far, which athletes to look out for, and discuss some controversies affecting Ukraine during the opening ceremony. This and more on Zakhradonia Ukrainsi, the podcast for all things Ukrainian. So currently we are on day seven of the Olympics in Tokyo, and I was going to go. Th- I'm going to go through and do a uh, medal tally of the top ten countries, and then I'll talk about where Ukraine is placed. So in the number one spot, we have China with 18 gold medals and 38 medals in total. Japan second with 17 gold medals and 28 in total. The United States 14 gold medals and 41 medals in total. Uh, The uh, Russian Olympic Committee with 10 gold medals and 34 in total. Uh, Fifth is Australia with 9 gold medals and 22 in total. Great Britain with 6 gold medals and 24 in total. South Korea with 5 gold medals and 15 in total. The Netherlands, 3 gold medals and 15 in total. Ninth is France with 3 gold medals and 13 in total. And 10th is Germany with 3 gold medals and 15 in total. They have four silver and eight bronze medals as well. Now, Ukraina is a little further down, currently sitting at 56th with four medals in total, which are all bronze medals. Uh, so quite a, an interesting start so far. I'm actually not surprised that China's uh, at the top. I know the last couple of Olympics they've been doing uh, really, really well. Um, and there, I did hear and a very interesting usually does pretty well. So Japan's keeping that trend alive. Yep, definitely. So a fun fact I heard just the other day was that uh, San Marino, for the first time in the 61 years, I believe it is, that they've been in the Olympics, they won their first medal ever. They got a bronze in the shooting. So now they're on the leaderboard as tying 61st with, I think, six other countries now. But I thought that was very interesting that after 61 years of um, trying to be uh, trying to win one medal, they finally broke that record and finally got in there now. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, good on them. I always like it when you get those like little success stories. So I, I think the last Olympics was Fiji winning their first ever medal and that was in rugby seven so it's always it's i think it's always quite fun seeing the little countries succeed yeah definitely um so alexa what can you tell um tell us about some of the athletes from ukraine and how they're doing so five ukrainian athletes have won bronze but two of them won it in the mixed 10 meter air shooting pistol so that's why on the tally there's only four bronze medals being shown so we had Mikhailo Romanchuk, who won bronze in the men's 800-meter freestyle, and he's the first Ukrainian to win a medal in swimming for Ukraine since 2004. And during the semifinals, he broke an Olympic world record and now holds that record until the next Olympics at least. So there is a slight difference between world records and Olympic records. So Olympic records can only be broken during the Olympic Games. And so sometimes you'll see, especially in the swimming, they'll have the two lines going up in the pool of the world record and the Olympic record. And then we had Ihor Rejelin, who won Ukraine's first ever medal in fencing. 
And then we have Olach Olimchuk and Olana Kostavich, who won the 10-meter air pistol mixed team. And then we've got Daria Bilodid, who won Ukraine's first ever medal in judo. However, we almost didn't win this medal. And um, she gave an interview because she's back in Ukraine now. And Daria said that when she lost her semi-final match that would have taken her to the gold medal event, she broke down and refused to and was going to refuse to participate in the bronze because she'd set her goal of winning a gold medal at the Olympics. And her mum and dad, who are her coaches, basically had to coax her back in. And she only competed in her match for bronze on her on her mum's wishes saying you know win it for me and um that's why if you look at all the photos of her with the bronze she's crying because she um she said after the match that she then realized she would have regretted it the rest of her life if she hadn't competed and so she was very happy on winning a medal for ukraine and herself i think that's really good um especially when you consider there was the united states gymnast that pulled out for you know similar reasons but she yeah this ukrainian one actually pushed through and managed to get it and i think that's a fantastic achievement yeah however there have been some controversies relating to ukraine during the olympics do you want to take us through them you yeah thanks alexa there was quite a few controversies early in the games and when i mean early i do mean at the opening ceremony and just before it so the first i guess controversy uh, was in regard to Ukraine's participation in the opening ceremony. Uh, and what that actually was, was not really there. They marched as we all saw. And we, for most of us, we saw the Ukrainian team described nicely and, friend, and in a friendly way for everybody. Um, however, on uh, South Korean TV, during the telecast from their host uh, broadcaster, what people would have seen as part of the broadcast of the Parade of Nations for that ceremony would be a picture of Chernobyl's nuclear reactor burnt out from 1986. So how this ended up happening was that effectively the broadcaster was trying to do images and facts for every country as they were marching out. So there's these graphics on the broadcast, but they chose to associate uh, the, the, one, the one image that they put up for Ukraine was the Chernobyl nuclear reactor explosion. Uh, in black and white from 1986. And, and understandably, this caused quite a bit of upset <laughs> and dis, a bit of outrage around the fact that this was what was used to signal to South Korean audiences something about Ukraine, uh, particularly because, as we all remember, the, so the actual reactor itself wasn't Ukrainian design. It was a Soviet-designed reactor, and it happened when Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. So it wasn't even Ukrainian administration as a, as, an, as a modern nation that was even responsible for the upkeep or the security or the disaster response at all, but have obviously inherited, as we've covered in other podcasts, uh, Ukraine's inherited the problem for the next few centuries, if not longer. So that in itself was quite uh, disappointing, and the there was quite there was quite a few articles globally uh, condemning um, the Korean broadcaster for this particular digression. Um, and it's just a little bit unfortunate that although we we on this podcast have been happy that HBO, <laughs> the HBO series on Chernobyl has been, uh, I guess, very popular with people. It's perhaps become a little bit too popular when, you know, still 30 years after independence, we're looking at an event that happened, you know, well over 35 years ago as a marker of what Ukraine is. 
I think Andre was saying before we were recording that Ukraine should have hit back and shown the DMZ for South Korea. <laughs> You're like, yeah. that's all you're known for. <laughs> and and unfortunately, I mean, the equivalent would be when the Tokyo host team, the Japanese team came coming out, they should have shown pictures of Fukushima, which would equally would be the wrong thing to do um, for this particular event. So that's the first. The second was that during the Olympics broadcast in Russia, conveniently, when the Ukrainian team came out, the Russian host broadcaster cut to a commercial to show ads and conveniently came back just after Ukraine had left the coverage in, in terms of uh, the Olympic uh, standard live feed. So that in itself was, was excused away by um, media officials for that host broadcaster to be just, oh, it was just a scheduled ad break and that, that was always scheduled to be there. But regular listeners of these podcasts and anyone who's aware of the complex relationship between Ukraine and, and Russia at this time would obviously not see that so coincidental. And, and clearly that was probably an intentional play to avoid uh, drawing attention to Ukraine, um, particularly for those who don't know as well, because at this Olympics, uh, due to the IOC banning the Russian team from competing as Russia, they're actually competing as the ROC team uh, under the Olympic flag. And so it, obviously that's an embarrassing sore spot for the Russian government. So no doubt seeing Ukraine freely compete playing the Ukrainian anthem and Russia competing in the Olympic anthem if they win. It was probably a, a nice convenient ad break to say the least. And then lastly, I think the, the one that's kind of got a bit more news as well is that during, um, I guess, the lead up to the Olympics, there was some fan-based information and interactive content that was placed on the official Tokyo 2020 website that included Ukraine with a disputed border with Crimea. So the map of Ukraine didn't include Crimea. And Ukraine's foreign minister actually did raise this issue both publicly and I think privately with the organisers. And Mitrokulaba basically advised that, you know, this is not correct, that this obviously isn't the map of Ukraine, that, you know, Crimea is part of Ukraine and it should be changed. And he was successful in getting that change and he updated uh, the public via Twitter later saying that they've that the Japanese organisers apologised for the mistake and that the map was corrected. And equally, once that happened, uh, there was a war of words again from the Russian side that also complained that Crimea should be a part of Russia. And so this becomes an ongoing, I guess, reality, just like we've seen with Google Maps and Bing Maps and a whole host of other situations where this disputed territory is used as a bit of a punching bag by Russia to try and keep asserting its narrative of events. Yeah, it's crazy how much can happen during the opening ceremonies in global politics. I'm just surprised that like it's a consistent thing to always happen and that Russia, like the whenever a map pops up, Crimea is always locked onto Russia instead of Ukraine first. And then Ukraine has to go through all the hassle of getting it corrected to what it should actually be. So it's kind of, I don't know, it just makes no sense why it happens so often for me, uh, for international stuff. But it's good that Ukraine's quick to react. And as soon as the error is pointed out, most, most organizations will amend it. Yeah, but I think it's just more of a, it should be known that you should follow that like Ukraine, uh, Crimea is part of Ukraine rather than having to go for this hassle of constantly reminding people to put the correct map in. 
Yeah, but I think one of the challenges perhaps also there, Andri, is that no doubt these people who are compiling these maps or using whatever technologies in the back end to build the artworks and, and the interactive content, probably Russia's probably been a little bit better about making sure that their content or their their position is actually more reflected in standard those sort of standard sources. Perhaps that's where it's coming from. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, and so to wrap up, we thought we'd just have a look at some of the upcoming possibilities of Ukraine winning some medals. And so one of them, which just uh, ended an hour ago maximum, is the 1,500-meter freestyle where uh, Mikhailo Romanchuk finished first in the heats with a time of 14 minutes, 45 seconds, 0.99 milliseconds. And he had the fastest overall qualifying time. And he beat the American, who had the next fastest time, by two seconds. So hopefully it's a good sign that we might have a medal coming our way in the 1500 meters. Then there's high jump, which I think Ukraine has a good chance at qualifying. They haven't released who's qualified yet, but there is a solid chance that um, Ukraine has a possibility of competing in that for the medal. And then, of course... Um, or oh, the other recent event that Ukraine has a medal potential in is in the 50-meter freestyle where Ukraine finished a competitive fifth place during the trials with a time of 21 seconds, 0.73. So there's another opportunity. And probably the most one that's being followed in Ukraine is tennis with Svitolina being a favorite for most of the competition. And she's unfortunately lost the... Uh, semi-final to get into the gold and silver match but she does have the opportunity to still win another bronze for ukraine so hopefully there'll be a few more medals coming in and ukraine will be able to climb that medal tally a little bit yeah alexa and although we're obviously watching ukrainians competing for ukraine and that's uh, as we've discussed in our previous update that's something that's been uh, I guess something normal for our generation, but not for other generations of diaspora Ukrainians because it was pre-independence. There are also quite a few Ukrainians competing for other national teams or, or ethnic Ukrainians like we are in the diaspora. And the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress did a nice job of publishing a quick note of the Team Canada participants that are Ukrainian. So for those Australians who have been watching and, and everyone else has been watching the uh, Swimming in the Olympics recently, they may have seen a female swimmer named Penny Oleksiak, and she's actually a Ukrainian-Canadian and has been identified for this group. So if you are seeing a Canadian potentially beat Australians, if, if it's Oleksiak, maybe we can still cheer for them. <laughs> and uh, there's also uh, three, so four other Olympians uh, in the Team Canada team who are active diaspora Ukrainians. That's Tyler Mislachuk, uh, Yuri Kisil, Daina Pitoreski, and Brendan Goraliuk. So check mm. them out when you're looking through all the amazing content that we can watch these days. I think it's amazing that you can watch any sport these days, not just the mm. podcast. I know. Lead. But yeah, fingers crossed for all the Olympians and may the best athlete win in the sports and we'll hopefully be able to do a Olympic wrap-up once the Olympics are over. This week in the news, Ukraine's National Agency on Corruption Prevention, the NACP, has completed its analysis of deputies' asset declarations for 2019. 
the NACP found 1,469 inaccurate dec declarations, the largest number over the past four years and three times more than 2018. 120 administrative protocols have been drawn up against officials for late submission of their 2019 declarations. Ukrainian company Antonov are preparing an agreement with Canada to build the AN-74TK-200 airplane in the province of Quebec. Under the agreement, production will be shared between both countries and it will be built to fully Western standards. The plane is capable of carrying 52 passengers or 10 tonnes of cargo, or a mix of passengers and cargo on international short and medium haul air routes. The plane can also be used in harsh environments such as the Arctic, with high mountain uh, airports, and can utilise temporary or natural runways with minimal or no technical support infrastructure. This is an inherent advantage of this particular design. Ukraine has revealed details of its Corvette deal with Turkey. Under the agreement, Turkey will deliver the first vessel to Ukraine unfinished by 2023, where it will be completed by Ukrainian shipbuilders. The deal is worth around 236 million US dollars. Ukraine intends to employ both ships in both the Black Sea and Sea of Azov. Ukraine celebrated the 1033rd anniversary of the baptism of Chaos Gorus and honored the memory of the Holy Apostolic Prince Volodymyr. The Orthodox Church of Ukraine gathered on Volodymyrska Hill and walked to the Prince Volodymyr Monument from St. Michael's Golden Dome Cathedral where the Divine Liturgy was held. At the same time, Ukraine's pro-Russian Moscow Patriarch Church rallied its followers for a massive procession through Kiev. Let us know which stories you'd like to hear by reaching out to us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Join us next week for more Ukulefa Broad content.